Welcome to Hungry Authors, the show for aspiring authors who will stop at nothing to accomplish their writing and publishing dreams. We're your hosts, Liz and Ariel, and we're honored that you're here. Let's dive in. And welcome to 2024. Welcome to season three of the Hungry Authors podcast. We are excited to be back. Had a long, wonderful holiday break. And are going to kick things off with a very start of the year-ish question. Ariel, do you do a word of the year? Ooh, I, I have done a word of the year before, but it never felt like it was able to, like, it never felt like one word was able to encompass everything I wanted for that year. Um, so I That's am not doing that anymore. You thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but this year I felt like a quote was really calling to me. So I'll read you one of my favorite quotes. It's from Annie Dillard's book, The Writing Life. And you'll have to excuse the baby noises in the background if you can hear them, because we've got a baby joining us this morning. So the quote from Annie Dillard is one of the few things I know about writing is this spend it all, shoot it, play it, lose it all right away every time do not hoard what seems good for a later place in the book or for another book give it give it all give it now i love that quote because it just gives me this sense of being like all in whatever you're doing you are all in you're very present it's not just about writing like for me this is a quote about life and this is about how i want to show up in my life whatever i'm doing i want to give it all play you know, be, be playful, hold it lightly. Um, so I don't know, all of those things just feels like it captures how I want my life to look like this year. And so I couldn't decide on one word. I was like, I need all of these words. They're all good words. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? That's so so good. I love that so much. Yes. And that's a very you thing to say. I feel like if you ask Ariel what her favorite, anything, she'll give you like three. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yes. So my word of the year, um, is energy. Um, I was telling Ariel before we sat down well, when we sat down, I, um, moved my office in my house just to a different room, um, because of my word energy. Um, it has a lot of layers for me. Number one, probably the most surface level is like I do just want more energy I feel like and it's such a classic I don't know millennial mother thing to say but like I'm just always tired like I am I work out I eat fine I try to sleep I do the things but like I am always tired like I never feel rested so I'm on a quest to have energy I want to feel good at the end of the day and at the start of the day um I want to have like energy in terms of like better vibes, (laughs) like I want to be um, just more positive, more present. Um, Yeah, and then probably on the deepest level, like I am not uh, naturally super into like the woo-woo of life. Um, I'm a little bit cerebral and heady, but um, but I am lucky enough to like have some clients who are and sort of, you know, there's a, a lot of people in the digital entrepreneur space who, who 
you know, who talk a lot about energy, how everything is energy and even money is just an exchange of energy and meeting people's vibrations and raising your vibrations. And um, I'm just kind of into it and I want to learn more about it and I want to have good energy and good vibrations in, in all different ways. And so anyway, I moved my office. We got back from Florida for Christmas break. My office used to be in a smaller room. Uh, anyway, kind of this little ante room. And um, it was small and darkish. And uh, I passed our guest bedroom as I was walking in, which is bigger and full of windows and light. And we're lucky enough to have people visit. But in general, it doesn't get used all that much. It's a guest bedroom. And I passed it and I was like, ah, that's what I want. I want light. I want a bigger, brighter area to do my work. Why am I spending all my day in this small little room? And so I moved my office into the yes bedroom to just shift the energy of my entire, hopefully my year and my work. And that was a small thing, but those are the things I'm like on the lookout for. Like, how can I make everything have better energy? So I love that. I love that approach too, because you're, you're not saying like, oh, there's this one specific thing I'm going to do this year and I have to do it. And you're not putting, it sounds like you're not putting a whole lot of pressure on it. You're like, I am seeking energy and I'm going to be just like open to receiving it wherever I find it. I love that. Yes. And it is still, it's big enough that it still is our guest bedroom. There's like a bed over here that you will be staying in next week, Ariel and I yes. together. So you will get to experience the good vibes uh, yourself. Um, okay. So what about resolutions? Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about some resolutions for 2024 for hungry authors. And we are approaching resolutions from a little bit of a different perspective. We didn't want to start off this episode and saying like, what are our resolutions for this year? Because I think the term resolution comes with a lot of baggage. It comes with a lot of like, here's my to-do list for this year. And it becomes this, you know, punitive thing where you're like, if I don't hit it, then I'm you know, I'm failing at my goal. And there's all this like judgment that comes in with resolutions. So one of the people who I follow is Michael Easter. He's the author of The Comfort Crisis and Scarcity Brain. And he posted on Instagram a really amazing way to reframe the way we think about resolutions. And so we wanted to bring that in to our conversation about setting resolutions for hungry authors this year. So Michael Easter recommends that instead of setting arbitrary goals, think of a problem that you want to solve. And when you think about a problem that you want to solve instead of a goal you want to hit, that leaves you more options for meeting that goal. So actually, your example of energy is perfect for this. You're saying, my, you know, the problem that I want to solve is I want more energy. And there are tons of different ways you could find more energy. You could, you know, change your diet. You could sleep more. You could, you know, do find a new passion or new hobby. You can change up your office space like you did. And so that's exactly what Michael Easter is saying we should be doing. Um, so here's an example for you. Um, one of the things that I'm doing this year, my one of my problems is that I struggle with seasonal depression and work-life balance. So especially like in the winter time, it gets really hard for me. And then in the summer, in August, because it rains so much in Chattanooga, August is always a really hard for month for me because the rain is just like off the charts. So that's the problem I'm trying to solve for. And there are lots of different ways that I could do it. So I kind of brainstormed some ways that I could solve that problem. I could, you know, do 
light therapy. I could join a yoga studio again because I always feel really good when I'm moving my body. Um, but I also really want to do the 1000 hours challenge, which is getting, trying to get a thousand hours outside this yes, year. That's I a lot that. of hours. That's a lot, <laughs> but they have like super cool ideas and stuff, don't they? Yes. They have amazing. Yes. There's a great mm -hmm. Instagram account and stuff and you can follow them and they give you all of these amazing tools and resources for ideas of how to get more hours outside. And really my goal is just like be outside more than I have been because I spend so much of my day inside. And I think that really contributes to, you know, the seasonal depression and everything. So that's how I'm tackling that problem. Okay. Let's talk about some ways that this could look for your writing life, especially for hungry authors. Liz, do you want to lead us in for some hungry authors problems and solutions? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we've got um, a couple of problems here that are the top problems that our audience struggles with. Um, problem number one, you want to publish your book this year, but you're not getting any interest from agents or publishers. So let's say you want to traditionally publish when we've pulled our audience. Most of you say that that's a long-term goal of yours. Um, so a possible solution is you set a number of agents that you're going to keep trying. Um, and then you do that. Maybe you have a certain number you're going to hit weekly. I mean, there are like thousands of agents in America and like in the UK, not that you necessarily want to try that anyway, whatever, but there are, there are thousands of, of agents and you set a number and you just keep trying. Um, and maybe you set your walkaway point, you know, you set, you say, okay, I'm going to try 200, 200 is my number. If I hit 200 and nobody seems interested or has given me any kind of feedback, I will know that I had tried everything I can. There are other amazing options for me out there like hybrid publishing and self-publishing, which um, can be phenomenal and still be uh, an incredible, sometimes even better way to get your book out into the world. Um, and you just make a plan. You set it. You're going to do 10 agents a week till you get to 200 and then you walk away or, you know, whatever that looks like for you. But that is, you know, a, a, a simple problem. You could even seek help, you know, for your proposal. You could judge it up. You could change a couple things. Um, that is, yeah, a problem solution. If you aren't quite, if you haven't written your proposal yet or you do want to be traditionally published, that's something you should probably do or at least write a query letter. Um, yeah. Okay. What about problem number guys? We are just quick personal interjection. It's a Saturday morning. We are, have our children around and we are just making it happen. So this is a little bit of a raw look. If you hear baby noises or if we sound a little tired in our normal recording day, we had some problems, so we couldn't do it. So it is bright and early on a Saturday morning and we are doing this in the midst of life. So just, you know, let that be an inspiration to you to not let anything stop you to just keep on going and do your work in the midst of life because we've got a sweet, cute little baby here with us and couldn't be happier about it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's say the problem that you want to solve this year is that you want to write more consistently. Let's say, you know, you might be tempted to set a resolution like I'm going to write 500 words a day. That's my resolution for this year. So that's OK. But remember, our our advice is Think about the problem you want to solve. So the problem is you want to write more consistently, but you're struggling to find time and motivation. 
So some possible solutions, you could schedule it on your calendar. You can schedule writing time and really protect that writing time. You can make it fun, gamify it. There's websites that you can do where, you know, it'll give you like a little badge when you, um, when you hit your writing goal for the day, you can change your environment just like Liz did. You can go to a coffee shop or you can stay home if you normally go out. You can go to a different room of the house. You can you know, protect your time, send your spouse off with the kids, whatever you need to do. There's lots of different ways. You can turn off your internet until you get a certain number of words done. There's so many ways that you could figure out how to solve this problem. But as long as you choose one way to solve this problem, you are meeting your goal. All right. The next problem. Um, yes. Next problem is you want to write a book, but you're not sure if your idea is good enough. This is something we hear constantly from our community. They have an idea, but um, but they're not sure if it's good enough. They're not sure if it makes for a whole book. They're not sure if anybody's going to want it. So a couple of ideas. Um, number one that comes with a little proceed with caution light is test it with others. We love the idea of you know, pitching your book idea to others and seeing what they think. The caveat here is you need to make sure that that person is in your target demographic. So um, yeah, make sure they're in your audience. We have more content on that that we won't get into here on this podcast. You can Google it. You can go listen to past episodes, but or read our forthcoming book, of course, because we've got a lot of information on it. But um, but basically, you know, if you're writing a book, like, okay, our book is about how to write a nonfiction book. I'm not like as much as my friends love me and support me. I didn't ask them if that was a good idea. They don't. Most of them don't want to write books, you know. So why would I ask them if it's any good? Ask somebody who wants to write a book who's in your target demographic. Okay, here's a great one. Write a blog post or an article about it first. Put it out into the world. Test it um, by, you know, in that way or do a podcast episode about it. Um, see if people are interested in, in sort of a bite-sized version of it before you spend a whole lot of time. Um, sit on it, you know, just give it, let it breathe a little bit. I can't tell you how many book ideas I've had that I thought were great. And then in a week or two, I was like, that's just a fleeting thought I had momentarily, you know, like give it a minute. If you have been thinking about writing the same book for like over a year, um, okay, that is like knocking on your door. That probably means something. Even a couple months is probably something, but um, yeah, give it a little time, give it some space, uh, map it out. Um, obviously we talk a lot about mapping here. Um, that's a whole process that we teach. We've got a big, um, amazing thing coming up in February that we'll talk more about here in a minute where we teach you how to map out your book. This is the number one thing you can do to ensure that you are writing a book that is, um, laid out well, that your idea works, that people are going to read, that the book makes sense, that it will sell if that's what you want it to do. But before you write the whole thing, just try and map out your idea. Can you come up with 10 chapters that have to do with that book idea? If you don't, then maybe it's not a book. Maybe it's just a blog post. And the last thing you can do is you can come to a free workshop that we're having on January 30th at um, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. We are teaching our signature class completely free on um, how to come up with your big idea for your book. 
Um, this is one of our most popular, maybe our most popular, but certainly one of them, uh, our most popular workshop where we'll go over exactly this, how to find a big idea and how to validate it no matter what, you know, no matter how you want to publish um, your book. We'll help you come up with an idea and tell you if yours is any good. Okay. So let's say that the problem you want to solve this year is you want to finish writing your book, but you're feeling stuck. So some options here, you can talk it out with a friend. This is always a good idea. I also think the sitting on it and thinking, you know, letting it kind of rest advice is good here too, because sometimes, you know, and actually this happened for me, I had an idea for a book before Christmas. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is brilliant. I'm a genius. I love this idea. This is so good. This is going to be a bestseller. Oh my gosh, this book idea is fantastic. And I was like, okay, that's great. I'm going to sit on it. I'm going to try to map it out a little bit. And as I got going with it, I was like, wait a minute, problem number one, I see red flags all over the place. And I was like, I'm just going to wait a couple weeks, let the holidays happen. I'm going to keep thinking about it. And I just kind of let it like sit in my brain and ruminate for a little while. And guess what? When I came back to work this week, I was like, yeah, that's not the right thing. (laughs) And I always, you know, it's hard to have those moments. But at the same time, one of my favorite quotes from Ryan Holiday is that creative people naturally have a lot of false positives. So I know that this is part of the writing life. But let's say you do feel really confident that this book idea is the right thing. You're going to make it happen. You know it's the thing you're supposed to work on this year, but for whatever reason, you are feeling stuck. Okay, so you can talk it out, let it sit for a while, make sure that your motivation is really there. And then the last thing that we recommend is make a book map. And I know we've talked about this a lot before, but making a book map is the absolute best thing you can do to make sure that you are ready to actually write it. Basically, when you are making a book map, and by a book map, we just mean a visual representation of the content of your book. That can be an outline. You could use post-it notes. You could use index cards. You could use a dry erase board, like whatever you need to do. But get the content out and make all of the decisions for your book ahead of time. Because if you can make them ahead of time, you know the writing itself is going to be easier. And we have, like Liz said, we have a cohort coming in February where we are going to teach you our book mapping process. So this is going to be four 90-minute sessions and two live Q&As. And we're going to teach you the method that we personally use for all of our ghostwriting books and with all of our clients to help them write their nonfiction books. We help people write memoir, narrative nonfiction, um, and prescriptive nonfiction. So if you want to write a book that tells your story or teaches something, this is a cohort for you to help you map out that content in advance. So during this cohort experience, you're going to get access to live weekly meetings with us. And those two Q&As, like I said, you're going to get online video lessons to watch, and then a library of sample book maps. So it's always best to learn from examples and to see, you know, some of the, uh, some of your favorite books from other genres or from your genre mapped out ahead of you so that you can see what that looks like. And so we've got a library of sample book maps that we're going to share with you. And you can learn more about this at mapyourbook.com. But that is coming in February and it's going to be so much fun. We did the cohort once before um, last 
June and it was amazing. We had 16 people do it and we've heard from all of them that it was a fantastic experience. Many of them are writing their books right now. They're in the trenches. Some of them have finished their books. Mm -hmm. Some of them have book deals. That's right. Some of them have book deals now, which is incredible. Yeah. So join us in February. We would love to have you and you can learn more about it at mapyourbook.com. Yes. Perfect. Um, Yeah. I love what you said there about um, making all the decisions ahead of time. That's something we always recommend. And one of the biggest mistakes we see writers make is, um, yeah, they haven't planned it out. They haven't made the decisions when you say, okay, well, what's going in chapter 10? How does this, how does chapter one connect with the conclusion? They can't, they don't know. And that's, um, that's the secret sauce that makes a book. I will conclude with this one quick story about um, pantsing, as we say, instead of planning, like flying by the seat of our pants or just having ideas that don't pin out. This was like years ago. And it wasn't a full book. It was just a, a um, article slash essay I was writing. My husband was getting out of the Navy. And in doing that, we needed to go clothes shopping for him. He'd been in the Navy for a while. And so he didn't have any professional clothes for his new job or the interviews he was going on. And it was kind of a big deal. We were like buying expensive suits and nice clothes, like nice um, shoes, whatever. Anyway, we were just spending a lot of money and it felt um, not just big because we were spending a lot of money and it was a big um, deal for him to be entering the workforce in a different way. But um, but like he didn't have a job yet, We but, but he knew he was getting out, like we had an end date in mind for getting out of the military. And so it just, it was a big like leap for us. And it was just this new thing and we were excited, but we were nervous. Anyway, and we kind of spent this whole Saturday, like, even as I describe it, it sounds so stupid, but this is what your creative brain does to you, right? I was like, we went, the the guy at the shoe place, like had some amazing story that sort of connected to whatever our lives. And then we went to JCPenney to like get this, um, suit tailored and that was like a anyway all day it just felt like we were meeting amazing people and the universe had our back and whatever so i went out to like write this blog post about that experience for some reason and like i was in flow when i wrote it and it just felt like i was making all these cool connections about life and these stories like they were these little guides along the way and it couldn't have been more perfect and i just knew everything was going to work out And I wrote it in a copy shop and then I was like, okay, I'll just come back and reread it and edit it later. And then it was like a week later that I finally sat down and read it. And you guys, it might be the worst thing I have ever read in my life. And I mean, even now I can tell you like, that's not surprising. It doesn't sound that interesting, but I was like, (laughs) why in the world did I think that this was, but that's just like, it's okay. I mean, we don't win them all and like, whatever anyway but but it just like clearly i was having a moment i was having a personal experience and i was like this was just a catharsis that i needed to go through and write this out and i had a great time doing it and by the way that in and of itself is a reason alone to write something but that wasn't the purpose i was like i'm gonna share this with people because this is great this is just really brilliant and then i reread it and i was like no 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 but anyway, I guess that's why you need to give things a little more thought. You don't just sit down and write something and shove it out into the world. You plan it, you test it, um, give it some room to breathe, and hopefully you come out with something you know that works and partner with professionals like us. We can help you. Um, all right, that's it, guys. Come to our free um, workshop if you want to talk book idea on January 30th our cohort in February. I will be emailing about the cohort too. If you are on our email list, you will get a special 
price for it. So if you're not on the Hungry Authors email list, please go sign up. You've got a we're we're offering a price that's not available to the public, so that's a reason to get on the email list. And that's it. Now we got to start our day. There we go. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for everything, and we will um, talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're a hungry author and you want to learn more about our community and courses, head over to hungryauthors.com. Remember, you have a story and a message worth sharing. And if you've got the hunger, you can make it happen.